Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome back to the Chase Thomas podcast. Late on a Tuesday, where I am now joined by someone who's got their team back where they belong. James Nichols. James, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. How have you been to the new arena yet? Uh, yes, I have. I've been there a few times, and uh, it's quite the sight to see. What's the best part about it? I've been asked this a few times, mm-hmm. um, and I think what my favorite part of the arena is right now, um, previously when you walked around the concourse of Nassau Coliseum or Barclays Center, you, you couldn't see the ice. Um, but what makes this feel like a big boy arena is that now that when you're walking around the concourse, you have a, a sightline of the of the ice and the game action whenever you're walking around. So if you're a fan going to get uh, a beer or, or headed to the bathroom, you have sight lines until uh, you get to your destination and you can see the game at all angles uh, around the concourse on all levels around the arena. So I thought that was really cool, something that Islander fans hadn't had in literally 50 years. And, and here we are. That's cool. That's cool. Is there anything you don't like about it? Not currently, not yet. I mean, okay. I would say maybe maybe parking uh, mm. is, is tough, but not for you know, for, not for me. When I go, I, I get the, the the media parking lot, which is right. pretty cool. So I'm close. Uh, but for some fans who who only have access to the Emerald, they have to take like a shuttle over oh. to uh, to the arena. It's fairly quick. It's a two minute ride. Um, but it's it's if that's the worst of it, then then that's great, you know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, in terms of on the on the ice, uh, obviously not the kind of start uh, Barry Trotz and the rest of the Islanders were looking for here. But if you had to articulate why the Islanders have been this bad to start the year, how would you do so? Uh, it's a it's a mixture of things, you know. It's uh, it has to do with a, one. The thirteen game road trip was uh, pretty tough to overcome. Um, I had said before the season. If they can make it out with 14 points, that would be pretty great. I think they squeaked out with 12. Um, you know, they were playing fairly well up until like the last five games of the of the stretch where they, they lost most of them or, or all of them. Um, and then, you know, the COVID issues started coming in once the team got home. The first game of the, of the uh, year at their home arena, no Anders Lee, um, no Josh Bailey. And, you know, the list grew from there. And then, you know, you had injuries as well. Ryan Pollock, Brock Nelson, who just came back. So there were a lot of things that were contributing factors to it. Um, you know, and then you had some some people were talking about how the, the play of, of Zidane Chara, who's going out 45 years old, um, wasn't really ideal either. So, it, you know, what I've summed it up to uh, thus far is really that the Islanders as a whole, with it, their full roster, when they're, when they're completely healthy, just – never got the chance to gain any momentum and, and to um, have any positive progression moving forward. It was, it's always just been like, it feels like bits and pieces being thrown out on the ice and you never really know, you know, what kind of lineup you're going to get. Even tonight, uh, Matthew Barzell is, is going to be scratched uh, due to pro- COVID protocol. So a lot of factors right now are, are, are going into why the Islanders really aren't exactly who they have been the past two to three seasons. Well, you mentioned COVID and the protocols there. So the Islanders have been hit really hard with this what has gone on and why has it been more severe in uh in new york than uh other teams and why are teams around the league looking at them as like a test case it's interesting because i don't know i don't know if it was any more severe than other cases i feel like the islanders were the the test dummies you know it had happened to 
Ottawa, um, but Canada's restrictions are a little bit different. So they got shut down right away. Whereas in the States, I think the, the uh, NHL tried to test the waters and see how far they could go. Um, and now we're seeing, you know, just today, there was a bunch of COVID cases uh, around the league. Um, I believe the Nashville game got uh, postponed uh, with the Wild. So um, I don't know if it was any different. I don't think it was a New York thing. I think it was just the Islanders were the first in the States to have this issue uh, this large. I know San Jose had uh, some of their own, but it didn't quite grow as large as it did for the Islanders. Um, and because of, of, you know, who went on and then who came off, and it was like a slow trickle effect. They tried to see how far they could stretch it out until finally uh, it came to a point where they said, this has got to stop. We need to give these guys a couple of days off so that they can get healthy. Interesting. Um, do you think you're through the worst of it at this point? <laughs> Tough to say. You hope so. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the issue right now is that, you know, again, Barzell is back on, you know, not not back on, but he, another Islander, is back on the, the COVID list. Um, they just played the New Jersey Devils, who have a couple of guys who just went on. Um, Nashville came through not too long ago. They have a couple of players who are now on the COVID protocol. So you would hope to see that, you know, because so many guys did already go on it and thankfully came out on the other side okay, that maybe it's over because of that 90-day period where you have the antibodies and you can't get it again. Um, but you know, we'll see, you know, tomorrow's another day tonight, Barzell's out. And, and, you know, the last time this happened, there was a slow trickle effect. And what, what should probably scare Islander fans the most is neither of their goaltenders got it yet. And if one of them does get it, that's going to be tough because then you have, uh, Corey Schneider as your backup, who we saw through the first nine games of the season until Semyon Varlamov came back. He didn't even get on the ice because they really don't, I don't think they trust him too much. So you're going to have one goaltender with a larger workload. And the Islanders are playing like every other game until Christmas break. Hmm. That's interesting. It just seems like every, I mean, it's not just NHL and it's not just the Islanders. You just have teams everywhere. The Bulls are getting this in the NBA, but it seems like this is, this is cataclysmic uh, across all major sports leagues at the moment. It's almost like we're getting to the point where we just need to like shut down everything for two weeks and just start over uh, in, in a couple weeks. I don't know. None of that will actually happen, but it is pretty, pretty nuts that it seems like it's just hitting every pro league all at once. Yeah, it's, it's tough because, you know, you, you, you kind of question when is this going to come to an end? You, you hope everybody gets to, you know, be safe and healthy. But then at the same time, you ask yourself, are we ever going to be able to play a regular normal season again? So it's interesting to see how it's going to happen and how the, the league is going to handle it and the rest of the league is going to handle it moving forward. Yeah, I think a lot of it just comes down to testing, right? That would be my guess yeah. is when, what the future of daily testing and all that kind of stuff is. But uh, that's a broader conversation and decisions that don't actually uh, – I will not be involved <laughs> in and it doesn't matter. But um, if you had to say like what has actually gone right – for the Islanders, though, like what you've been impressed with, what has been uh, some positive uh, notes uh, that you've taken from this uh, early part of the season? Yeah, so, I mean, as of late, the power plays looked pretty good, right? I think they've scored five in their last three games, which is uh, something that's not of the norm for them. I think the power play has uh, been a little bit more active, um, more more precise, quick decision-making, uh, which has been nice to see. Um, and that, that's, you know, got to do with the fact that, you know, Matthew Barzell is not going to play tonight, but uh, he's been anchoring that, that power play pretty well. Um, Oliver Wallstrom is never afraid to shoot. That for, uh, shoot first mentality is key for the Islanders because they don't have too many shooters. Um, and another development as of late is Noah Dobson. He's been coming along very well. Um, it, it took a couple of games for him to get uh, himself 
you know, under his own feet. But now he's starting to look more like the guy that they drafted 11th overall a couple of years ago. So, um, you know, to see Noah Dobson stepping up when it's most necessary, you know, there was at, at one time only Scott Mayfield uh, was the only NHL regular defenseman on the ice when they were going through their COVID protocol and, and uh, the injury to Ryan Pollock. So um, when Noah Dobson was one of the quick ones to come back first, uh, he stepped up, uh, you know, like, like they, most of the Islanders do, next uh, step up mentality, uh, ne- next man up. Uh, Noah Dobson was, was one of the guys who stepped up real well. Um, and he's still, he's still, you know, playing as good as he was um, with, with everybody back in the lineup. So it's, it's a great thing to see for the Islanders blue line. Would you say the season is still salvageable at this point? Um, well, we've seen crazier things happen, mm-hmm. right? Um, they got a ton of home games. They have a lot of games left to play with uh, in-division opponents. So is it impossible? No. Um, we saw the St. Louis Blues go from worst to first and mm-hmm. then win the Stanley Cup uh, just a few years ago. So it's not impossible, but it's going to take – a lot of hard work, and and especially this season, you know, like we with what we discussed earlier, it's going to be harder than ever to do so. Um, if they make it, I have them for the wild card, uh, but even that's going to be be a tough buy at this point because they're they're so far out of it. They have games in hand, um, but right now they're they're looking pretty pretty out of it. Uh, but I won't say never. You should never say never. Absolutely, absolutely. Um... When you look at the goalie rotation, though, why is that unsettled, and what do you think that looks like as it as they try to figure out what the rotation should be? Uh, well, I think as of this morning, Barry Trotz actually alluded to the fact that because Ilya Sorokin's playing so well, you might see him get uh, three games to Varlamov's of one. Um, so I think I think what's happened here is unfortunately just because you know Varlamov started the season on the on the injured list, um, Sorokin just really ran with it and. There's nothing you could really do about that in, in when you're a Semyon Varlamov. But in the case of Ilya Sorokin, that's what they brought him here for, right? They they were patient with him. They let him get uh, his his professional um, feet under him over in the KHL for for a while. Finally, brought him overseas, and he's been as advertised and more. So uh, he's really been the backbone of the Islanders this season for, for the six or seven games that they've won thus far, um, and then the 14 or or 15 points they have right now you really have to credit him with most of those points. He's really been uh, as advertised and more. He's just the the goaltender of right now and the goaltender of the future. And and I think that's okay with Semyon Varlamov. He's stated multiple times that him and Varlamov are really good friends and they pick each other up. So uh, it's really a passing of the torch for me right now. And I, and I think that, you know, it's good to have a guy like Semyon Varlamov uh, on the on the bench anyway, just because if, you know, Sorokin does go through one of those spells where he's not as hot as he is right now, uh, Varlamov is, is a serviceable starter, and there's no reason why he can't win you a game either. So um, right now it's looking like a, every three for Sorokin, Varlamov will get one. Interesting. Um, do you like that? Do you ultimately think that's a winning strategy? Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's okay just because – Sorokin has stated openly he likes a busy workload. He hmm. plays better when he's busier, um, and that's not even. I can relate. Game that iPod better. Yeah, when right. I'm busier. <laughs> it's, it's, I, it's, mm-hmm. it's you know everybody, everybody works differently, and uh, for Varlamov, I'm sorry for Sorokin. He's he said like not only just game to game. You know, I like to have more consistent play, but when he gets more pucks shot at him too, he seems to you know be be making more saves. So um, it's good for Sorokin. I think it's okay for Varlamov just because we've seen how often. 
uh, in the past two seasons, he's actually been been injured here and there. So it might be good for him to get a little bit of rest, come on the ice fresh whenever he's uh, ready to go, and then give Sorokin the grunt of the workload because that's just how he plays best. Interesting. Um, who steps up for Pollock on the defensive side of things with him out? It's been, it's been Noah Dobson so far. Um, I'd love to see Ro- uh, Robin Fallow get some more time. He has been lately, which has been great. Um, but if anybody who's been a regular, Scott Mayfield's going to have to step up a little bit more. He's been good this year, not great. He's made some uh, defensive lapses that he's going to have to clean up. Um, but it's tough when you split up, you know, Pelican Pollock. But even before Pollock got injured, you know, uh, they they did their best to service Zidane Chara. Now uh, uh, Pollock is playing with Chara, so um, you know whoever is going to be playing with Chara needs to step up as well. It it was Dobson last game. I think they're trying to figure out the best fit for that line right now. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm going to go with because Dobson's been playing so well. I think Mayfield is is that guy. Okay, I like it. Are you already thinking about trades, or are you not there yet? I have heard about some trades. Okay. Um, I have. I mean, and it's nothing. Nothing is, uh, you know, ever a hundred percent. And there, there was some uh, interesting commentary on. You know, I got I got information that this summer the Islanders did go inquire about Jacob Chikrin and Patrick Laine. That's not to say that they're doing that right now. Um, but if you're Lou Lamorello, you do look at this team at the moment. You do look at where they're, they are in the standings and you say to yourself, I, I got to help my team. You know, we're a bunch of, I think we're 11 forwards over 30, two forwards at 29. Our window to win is now. Um, not to say that they don't have a, a, a good amount of young players to uh, stretch out their window, but their window to win is now. So you look at guys like Jacob Chikrin, who's 23 and a puck moving defenseman that they're missing since trading Devin Tays and Nick Letty. Uh, you look at a guy like Patrick Laine, who's a sniper who they haven't had in a long time. Oliver Wallstrom is uh, doing his best to fill the net as much as he can, and he has been. Uh, but, you know, everybody around the league knows Patrick Laine is, is a 40-goal sniper. And those, are, those don't grow on trees. Um, so he's got one year left on his contract. We all know what's going on in Arizona. It's just a dumpster fire over there. Um, the price on chick rent has been said to be, quote-unquote, astronomical. So that's going to be a tough buy. But if they're trying to win now, he might be a guy who you want on your blue line. And at just 23 years old, he'll be there for a while. Interesting. Um, what do you think is the most likely trade target for the team? If you had to get in the mind of uh, the front office right now, who do you think is their priority number one? Uh, if they're going to make a big splash, I would think that it would it should be Chikrin. Um, but if they're mm. probably, you know, I, I'm of the opinion, and, and this is what we've seen Lou Lamorello do in the past, he might go a little smaller than that and look to a team like the Montreal Canadiens, uh, who have Ben Chariot, uh, a serviceable top four defenseman. He can move the puck a little bit, and he's really good in his own end. So uh, if that's going to cost you less, um, you know, the Islanders kind of do need their assets moving forward. Uh, to, to maybe draft some players. They haven't drafted in the first round in, in a couple of years. I think it's about three now. So uh, they, they might need those assets, but if he's willing to sell them off, sure, yeah, Chikrin would be nice. If not, though, you might see a guy like Ben Chariot from the uh, Montreal Canadiens come in uh, at a cheaper cost. I like it. Um, Storyline to keep an eye on uh, at the moment for Isles fans. Anthony Bavillier. Right hmm. now, um, he's not. it's not known if he's going to play tonight. He was scratched last game, and uh, Trotz did say yesterday that he actually hadn't even spoken to Pavillier about it. 
uh, trying to send him a message. So uh, he did say before they got to Detroit, he and Bavillier were going to sit down and talk. We'll see if he's in the game tonight. But uh, that's a big storyline for me because he, he went pointless in his last six, and you need to see a guy like him who signed a three-year extension, pretty much a prove-me deal, start to prove it. He's got to start filling the net. He has that 20-25 goal potential, um, but he goes missing every five or six games, and then he, you know, he, he scores in a, a little bit of a bunch and then goes missing again. So you want to see some consistency out of a young guy like him. Hmm. I like it. I like it. Well, how do you uh, how do you think this ultimately unfolds? We'll end it on this. Do you think they turn it around? What is your gut telling you on December 14th about uh, where this team's headed? Uh, tough to say. Definitely. You know, if things keep going the way they're going with all these these COVID uh, protocols going down, you know, guys missing a stretch of games, Barzell Barzell's going to miss likely five games, 10 days. Um, so if you're going to miss a bunch of time, like that, especially with guys like Matthew Barzell. Um, and like I said, those goaltenders haven't even gone down on COVID protocol yet. So if they do, you're looking at a pretty tough stretch. It's going to be tough, but if they can stay healthy, there's no reason why they can't, uh, uh, you know, turn this around and get back up there. And, you know, if Lou Lamorello decides to make a trade, that could actually impact the roster, maybe get the Pulak, uh pellick tandem back together once Pulak is healthy. Uh, yeah, they could, they could definitely turn it around, but it's just going to take a little bit of maneuvering and a little bit of health and a little bit of luck. I say all the time on, on my podcast, I say, you know, you got to be good to be lucky. You got to be lucky to be good. They've had neither of those this season, but, uh, you know, once returned to full health, they, they could very well do so. Uh, and if Lou Lamorello decides to get them a little bit of help that they definitely need, yeah, it's possible. So uh, I'll go with them. 50% yes, 50% no right now. Anything could happen. All right. I like it. I like it. How do the good folks keep up with your work this week and going forward? Uh, yeah, you can catch my writing at thefourthperiod.com. Uh, you can hear me on the Natsman Hockey Podcast. I'll actually be going live for, for the game uh, later tonight at 730. Uh, episodes drop every Wednesday on all podcasting platforms. And you could read uh, my newsletter daily, Monday through Friday, at Isle 6 on Substack. All right. Go do that. Keep up the great work, man. And uh, best of luck the rest of the way. All right, Chase. I appreciate it. Thank you. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.